Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am the one, the only, the most handsomest handsome in all of the all world. Right, no. all, right. all right, I'm Samuel, <laughs> god damn it. And welcome to episode almost 80, <laughs> aka 79. Yeah. We're calling this one Grave Choices. Why are we calling it Grave Choices? Well, we've... Uh, really gotten into october now and this is what i would consider our first official grave discussions kind of like october episode so yep. happy october guys whoop, whoop. oh yeah we got less than a month until the greatest holiday in the world and of course we had to give you guys another 31 graves of halloween that's up now on our website go check it out we both have a list of 31 movies that we're going to watch this month uh, I've been doing okay with mine, but uh, you can see that on the website, gravediscussions.net. And today we thought we'd highlight a few choices off of each of our lists and kind of just talk about them and, you know, suggest them to you guys, but really tell you why they belong on your watch list for the greatest month of the year. And they do belong on it. Mm-hmm. On everyone's. Exactly. Yeah, we've got some halloween themed stuff we've got some monsters and ghouls and whatnot that's all coming up but as always we do have to start out by shouting out sports radio detroit yes our gracious hosts and you can find them on twitter instagram and facebook just look up srd sports radio detroit or you can check them out at sportsradiodetroit.com remember sports radio detroit not detroit sports radio Yep, check out all the other awesome shows they have. And speaking of which, uh, they actually no longer have them. Over Under Fair is now actually on the Make Fun Network, but we still partner with those guys, and we just sat down with them this past weekend to do an awesome show. I don't want to say what it was about or anything, but you horror fans are definitely going to like it. We talked about a lot, a lot. Tune in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really fun. Love those guys, Dave Lacey. Roger, hello, and you'll be able to listen to that episode uh, this month, hopefully, so stay tuned. And now, before we get into the meat of the show, a few messages from some other SRD shows, so stick around for just a minute, and then we'll be back with an uninterrupted Grave Discussions. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Roger. And if you like Tigers baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food. Check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Bryant. Catch me, E, and Brian on Pearson's Peace, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio Detroit Network, CRB, on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else you can find podcasting. And welcome back, Fright fans. So to begin the show, as always, we've got some news. Obviously, it's been a little bit longer than usual since our last real Grave Discussions discussion show. Yep. Uh, so there has been a lot of news. We've kind of narrowed it down to some of the, the bigger moments. But we're going to start right off with some sad news. Just get it out of the way. Yeah. RIP to none other than Captain Spaulding himself, Sig Haig, which we've known about for... Uh, like a, a what is it, a week or two now? Yeah. And then uh, Ryan Nicholson, who uh, directed a, a few horror movies and was actually a more prolific uh, makeup artist who worked on like The Predator. Scary movie. Scary movie. So, a bunch of other stuff. So RIP to those guys really sucks. Especially Sid Haig. I mean, he was, he was sick. You know, everyone knew it, but it still sucks. Yeah. Rest in peace, Sid. I have the same birthday as you, so I will... Ooh. You will live on. Oh, yeah. Always in our memories, of course. Hell, yeah. Especially 
So I was kind of in the mood to watch House of a Thousand Corpses. Always good to watch it anyway, but especially as a tribute to uh, to Sid. So. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll check that out. Uh, on to a little bit happier news, though. Apparently, the U.S. rights to A Nightmare on Elm Street have reverted back to Wes Craven's estate. Oh, shit. Now what? Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, now they can kind of do whatever they want. Uh, so it kind of says that some of the international rights, I think, might still uh, belong to WB and New Line Cinema. But that's okay because anything made here in the States, I mean, technically could be made, distributed, I believe. I don't know any, everything about all that law, but um, I think the the state actually took the rights back um, pursuant to like that same... Uh, rights clause that's going on in the Friday the 13th fiasco which hasn't wrapped up yet but Nightmare on Elm Street has it does mean that we could see another Nightmare on Elm Street movie we need to bring back Robert England for one more I think he said he'd be down he for said one he'd more, be down yeah. for one more the last time we saw him was on an episode of the Goldbergs mm-hmm. but hey if he has another movie in him then I'm more than happy to see it especially if they go back to the roots of like the first, you know, two or three movies. Yeah, make it actually scary. Not so much comedic. Or fuck it. Make another remake and then have England reprise his role. What's so wrong about casting the original in a remake? Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I wouldn't mind it at all. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, as of this moment, there's been no other news, really. But moving on. Stranger Things, with uh, how successful it is, no surprise here, but... Uh, Netflix has officially renewed the show for a fourth season. Now, um, I'm I, not surprised. Me neither. Um, apparently, the season three was really good. I'm still waiting to watch it. Yeah, me too. I haven't watched it yet, and everyone wants to on Xbox wants to tell me spoilers and shit, and they want me to watch it so we can talk about it. But I'm just, I can't. It's October. I have to get through our lists. Yeah, I've been trying to watch it with my girlfriend, but we just haven't like found time yet. We just binged all of Big Mouth. Oh, yeah, that just came out, too. I got something else to watch now. (laughs) Yeah, it was really good, but Stranger Things, we've been trying to watch. It just hasn't happened yet, but I'm like, babe, we got to watch it, (laughs) you know, so hopefully soon. Uh, It did look good. I'm excited for season four. I can't, obviously, give any theories since I haven't seen season three, but, I mean, the show is insanely popular, and I think this might be the last season. This article also says that the Duffer Brothers were signed to a multi-year film and series overall deal with Netflix, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do more Stranger Things. It could mean Stranger Things spin-off movies, which could be interesting, but I think this might be either the last or like penultimate season of the show. It would make sense. Yeah. Again, I don't know what happens with the story in season three, so I can't really comment in that aspect, but still exciting. And then finally... Jordan Peele, with how successful you know he's been, oh yeah, recently, and uh, how critically acclaimed he's been, he is uh, signing on with Universal Pictures for a five-year deal where he will write and direct uh, two upcoming films. I'm pretty excited. I like anything he does. Besides the Twilight Zone, that one was kind of lackluster, but hmm. Get Out was good. I think Us is still like my favorite horror movie this year so far. Okay so nice yeah i mean i pretty much agree i liked both of his movies and i actually liked the majority of the the twilight zone maybe not some of the super like all right i'm gonna push this issue down yeah in your in your face and that's like largely it <laughs> and and the story around it is meh but a lot of the episodes are pretty cool and I, I i think he's just like super creative and that's what that's what we need so i'm i'm pretty pumped i'm Especially for Candyman. Yeah. And it's not going to be like a reimagination. Apparently, it's a sequel now, mm. and Tony Todd is coming back. That's what I've heard. Yeah, pretty exciting. But, you know, Peel is not writing and directing that one. I'm assuming he's going to think of some uh, original stuff, and as always, it's probably going to have some kind of like socio political angle. But, yeah, he's just like super inventive, and he loves the genre, which is yeah. important. So, say what you will, but I think we're going to see two pretty exciting movies from him so let's get on with some trailers again there was a lot if you want to see all the stuff that came out since our last 
like uh, non-interview uh, episode. Just go and search for trailers on like your favorite news site. But uh, the first one here is Trick. This one's coming out October 18th in theaters on demand and digital HD. Yeah, uh, this one kind of looks like no offense to the guys because I know they're independent, even though like one of them produced My Bloody Valentine, mm. which was like a Hollywood movie. The remake, right? Yeah. yeah. So this one kind of looks super independent, uh, grainy-ish, and the cinematography looks pretty much like film school cinematography. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look like super professional. And the premise, like, oh no, an unstoppable killer who comes out on Halloween. This has never been done before. We already have Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, now we have like the new generation, Art the Clown. He's like the new generation of Halloween killers. And now we have this. Yeah, I kind of don't think that this is going to take off really. No. The trailer just looked lackluster. Okay. And- yeah, okay. But like, I'm I'm really over the whole like killer in a zip up hoodie thing. That's kind of dumb. The masks yeah. look kind of cool, but I don't know. See, I like some movies that take the approach of like oh let's give uh the killer like a bunch of masks or something you know it'll be very like halloween and festive and stuff and and this does look like it's going to be you know festive you know in the spirit of halloween but i don't know it, it just it just looks meh i don't like the festivity when it deals with teenagers and people in like their early 20s because it's always just about like partying and drinking right i like movies like trick-or-treat and tales of halloween where it's like more like the traditional americanized halloween with like candy and trick-or-treaters and like stories centered around like kids and like it's a coming of age type of thing or you know what i mean like it's i'm not interested in like adults drinking and dressed up as butterflies like i don't give a fuck yeah no i agree i mean and it, it seems like it's trying to be in like the vein of you know, something like Halloween or, or any of those slashers, but eh, we'll see. It, it doesn't look super inspired. Although shout out to my boy, Omar Epps. I haven't like, I know he's been in some other stuff, but the last time that I watched anything he was in, it was when he was in house. Uh. <laughs> that was like a while ago, but good to see that he's still like making movies. Um, and he's probably like the, the, like the main, you know, like, I don't even know if he's A-list, sorry, Omar, but, but you know, like, big-time actor in this movie, so, uh, it, I don't know, it seems interesting. Next up, we have Castle Rock Season 2, as promised, this one's gonna be all about young Annie Wilkes, and this one looks interesting. It's funny they showed Jerusalem's lot in that mm-hmm. trailer, but other than that, like, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah, I don't really know either, because we see that Annie Wilkes is for some reason staying in Castle Rock and I think she's got a daughter I want to say I don't know who she's supposed to be but there's like a little girl with her and she's like protecting her and it seems like she's on the run for whatever reason I mean she's insane so she probably like killed someone or something but then it kind of yeah it kind of loses me because it seems like there's some kind of supernatural shit going on but like I have no idea yeah (laughs) what it's supposed to be uh, Tim Robbins is in it. That's cool. But I don't know who his character is supposed to be or anything. So uh, season one was kind of confusing a lot of the times too. So, I mean, I, I expect this to kind of follow suit, but. So season one ended like, and that story ended. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, that's how it's going to be. I didn't watch like the last four episodes of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'll, maybe I'll tell you later how it ended, but. It, that's the direction that they're going in like it all takes place in castle rock you know primarily but it's just going to be like different stories is that like based on any other stephen king story like the first um, one i don't think that i think that story was unique but sheriff pangborn and stuff was in other castle rock based novels of kings and stuff like that there's a lot of like castle rock based stuff but not that specific story this one technically i think is original too but it's just using the character and like putting her in Castle Rock. Cause like the first season, I don't know what was going on, but I like read people like discussing like who's the boy. Yeah. And the boy, they said the boy was the black dude in the show, just from like another dimension. Yes, I think something like that. That's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, King stuff can is is large like multi-dimensional things. I mean, the new uh, in the tall grass kind of same thing. But yeah, check out Castle Rock season two if you want. You don't have to have seen 
season one. It looks pretty cool. Lizzie Kaplan as Annie Wilkes actually it works. seems like yeah, she's yeah she looks do a good job. she looks out of it. I I forgot that this whole season was based on her until mm. you said that, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> no, it makes sense, and is she this, sounds like her. Is this like a only written for like Hulu like official prequel to Misery? Like it hasn't been like. I don't explored even, by King? I don't know if it's... Yeah, I don't think it's been explored by him. I don't think that this is even supposed to be, like, a prequel to Misery. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see in the show. So, check it out. October 23rd, if you're interested. I probably will. And the last one is called The Turning. This one looks a lot better than both of those. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be, like, a more high-budget film. It's got uh, Finn Wolfhard from... Stranger Things. Stranger Things in it. It's got Mackenzie Davis playing... The, the protagonist of the film. And this is uh, another adaptation of The Turn of the Screw. So it seems to be kind of following along the same plots. But, of course, being a modern horror film, it's got a lot of other shit going on, too. Yeah. But it does look good. It looks uh, like the production quality is going to be good. Um, I'm worried that there's going to be some jump scares that are not going to be very good. But um, it looks creepy. So. I'm I'm not I'm okay with the jump scares as long as they're not predictable. But like nowadays, these like paranormal movies are so similar mm-hmm. that in every single movie you can tell when the jump scare is about to occur, and that's my only issue. I love jump scares. Like I do think they're cheap at times. Like especially like I said, if you see it coming. But if it's placed correctly and there's like a few decent ones, mm-hmm. like I'll be like, whoa! Like no movie has made me jump in recent memory. Other than, like, when I was re-watching the original Alien. Oh, yeah. I know. And, you know, the story itself is supposed to be kind of like a more uh, classic ghost story. And the one, like, big adaptation of, uh, of the novel or whatever it was, was The Innocence all the way back in 1961. And that was, you know, it's a 60s, like, ghost movie. So it wasn't, it wasn't jump scary at all, but it was, like, super atmospheric um very minimal lighting so it always felt like really dark and really like claustrophobic and that's what made that movie work this one looks way different like in tone so i'm just curious it looks very like dreary yeah so that's probably kind of like the lodgers remember what, what yeah i remember that one? that one I feel was like fucking it's gonna be, weird though it was i feel like this is gonna be kind of like the same tone though you know at least that's what it seems, seems like. like it yeah yeah so be on the lookout for that one guys that one's actually coming out also pretty soon but january 24th 2020 so still got a few months but that's going to be it for the news uh let us know if you guys are interested in any of that stuff excited or uh upset even but we're going to move on into our main segment in just a second so take a quick break if you need to and then we'll be back with our first grave choice So before we get right into it, I do want to let you guys know kind of where we're coming with this particular episode. So as these are suggestions, there might be a a little bit of bias. We're going to try not to spoil anything, but uh, these are probably films that you guys have most likely checked out before. If not, we won't give any major plot points or anything away. But, you know, I do want to examine why these films are going to be good watches for the October Halloween season and of course just what makes them films that you should check out so the first uh, movie that we're going to start off with is one off of Sam's list so Sam why don't you start off it is a more recent film that was done perfectly well and illuminates the Halloween spirit and one of the things we all love to do if we haven't outgrown it is check out Haunted Houses. You might know what I'm talking about. This is The Houses October Built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from uh, 2014, so pretty new. Definitely riding the sudden resurgence of the you know niche Halloween-type horror film You know that was really kind of brought back by Trick or Treat. And... This one is a little bit different, though. This one, yeah, examines the whole haunted house scene, which, yep. if you've ever been to a haunted house, you guys know it's a very, like, 
nomadic business obviously they come out in october or i guess like late september now but these are people who are passionate about it they go around they set up these haunted houses but it it's it's a sketchy business yeah (laughs) and this movie captures that perfectly and examines that that sketchiness as like fear of well are all these places legitimate you know i was recently talking to one of my coworkers about that mckamey manner and shit like that and that's the I kind heard of stuff. bullshit about uh, like re- as of recently a guy like like hosted in his like backyard and like they say people basically like waterboard you and like yeah. drop like <laughs> drop earthworms and cockroaches on your face and just, i can't believe the fucking <laughs> tagline for that shit like even soldiers couldn't get through this it's like bro they've seen their friends legs get yeah. blown off and killed in front of them you think shoving worms down down their throats gonna like fuck with them yeah i don't know i mean that that whole thing is like weird and sick but that was october bill i mean kind of plays on that very real fear yeah because these friends are looking for these extreme haunts like i'm not going to give any spoilers but it is a found footage movie Mm -hmm. or mockumentary whatever you want to call it and these friends are looking for like an extreme haunt or so you think you find out everything that unravels in the second one but i'm not going to even go into that because we're talking just about the first one and not Mm -hmm. the whole entire like storyline because i'm pretty sure the second one was like written afterward and they were just like oh no actually like yeah so these people like start exploring these extreme haunted houses and then they start getting stalked like by the employees even when they drive like 100 miles away and there's a blue mask guy they're supposed to look for and uh each haunted house they go to is like kind of like iffy and you know they're some of them are getting like irritated they're like yo we wanted extreme haunts we wanted like the real deal holy field so, like, at one point, like, they drive away from one of them, and, like, the people follow them, and, like, they got footage, like, the people, like, gassed out the fucking trailer, mm-hmm. and, like, basically infiltrated their fucking RV, and the thing about this is, like, it's realistic. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, trick-or-treat or Tales of Halloween in, like, the traditional sense of, like, being festive and, like, oh, if you don't follow the rules of Halloween, the spirit of Halloween's gonna get you. It's, like, straight up, like, yo... What if I visit some fucking haunted house and I piss some some of these guys off mm-hmm. and they start stalking us and they won't leave me alone? And, like, putting yourself in that position is, like, the most terrifying part. Like, if you know me, you know I like to get high before I watch these movies. So, like, I get super emotional watching this. So, I'm like, damn, what if this was me in this situation and tied up me and my friends? I think I'm, like, five minutes away from my own death. My life is flashing before my eyes. Yeah. And that, for me, is the most terrifying part of this movie. No, I agree because... I actually was just at a haunted house. I checked out that Azra. Oh, how was it? House. It was cool. Yeah, it was dope. There how, were some. There were some cool rooms. Was there any like good jump scares in there? Yeah, there was. There was a few of those, and then there was one room where I don't know if they want me telling you this, but so I won't exactly say. But it was kind of like a mirror maze thing, and they had oh, these. Sick. They had the creepy part is that they had these fucking contortionists in there doing oh, all. Shit. T- bro, it was. It was freaky as fuck. I really want to check it out. <laughs> it, it was cool. But, you know, you go to places like that and you see a lot of these performers. And, I mean, a lot of them are just that exactly. They're performers. They're passionate about it. Yeah, they like to scare people. But sometimes you can't help but think, like, who these people really are when they're not doing haunted house type stuff. Right? And I think that some people probably look at some of these performers who I don't think most people do, like, extensive background checks or anything like that you know might have criminals and and stuff in there you don't know yeah right but that's that's like a real fear and so that's exactly why this movie is realistic because you don't know who some of these people are and some of them like the people who do mccamey and shit probably are just like actual real sickos and some of them maybe are murderers who knows right so i i agree every time i watch a movie like this i'm like fuck like if i go out in the country and just start looking at haunted houses and shit eventually i might come across some crazy motherfuckers some crazy people yeah exactly that you don't want to piss off mm-hmm. i mean i'm not fucking scared i'll fucking stab you if you try to fucking well, yeah. follow me like i will cut you into fucking pieces and i will fuck those pieces <laughs> but you know if you're a regular person who's not a fucking like sicko like me like <laughs> you might be worried about people at these haunted houses yeah, right. and it's a realistic fear i mean they I mean, even me, they could, like, end up sneaking into my RV and, like, tranquilizing me, and then I'm tied up, and then then who can sure. I stab? Nobody. Right. But, yeah, it's a totally real fear, and the film does a really good job at showcasing that and fleshing that out, 
but even apart from that you know it does take place around halloween around all these haunted houses so it's a super festive movie like you said before not in the same way necessarily as like trick-or-treat or or something like that but you know but this is how you would kind of experience halloween in reality so um i i think this movie is is a perfect halloween movie as well um the found footage angle also probably one of the better found footage movies i've seen you know yeah one of my favorite ever not like insane camera movement or anything like that and i mean it's it does a good job of like building the tension you know and a lot of the shots honestly that the the camera just like randomly catches are really creepy like seeing that porcelain chick or whatever when she's like standing around and following them or or when she walked into their rv and just started screaming yeah so i mean there's a lot of cool scenes in this movie i mean i definitely recommend it as well and i like watching it so the second one yeah i won't get into it but the first one definitely if you're looking for a cool movie that'll get you in the halloween spirit this is a good one and it'll scare the fucking shit out of you yeah and it's anxiety inducing so extremely <laughs> you know so, what more could you want uh trigger warning <laughs> exactly so that's the house of october do you want to say anything else about it before we no i on? think it's great i think we can talk about the next movie what's nice. the, what's next on our list so the next one is off of my list Ooh. and this one uh i didn't have too many like actual halloween themed ones on my list this year just because i like to diversify but this one i feel like even though it's not festive in the traditional sense it still has a lot of horror elements that's fair. it's got monsters and in particular vampires oh i know which one this is and i've been wanting to talk about this one for a while actually it's one of my favorite horror movies one of my favorite vampire movies bram stoker's dracula from yes. 1992 gary oldman one of the goats exactly i mean he's <laughs> say what you will about the whole like boob hair thing yeah. <laughs> you know that's at this point i feel like it's iconic but um it is i think so but he's he's great i mean how, how else do bougie transylvanians dress like yeah, he has long know. hair and he doesn't want to keep it out let the man put it in a boob bun exactly yeah stuff a bra in there i don't know whatever yeah why not he lives basically alone in that castle yeah, yeah he, he can do what he wants he's probably exactly. crazy as fuck anyway <laughs> i'm sure he is but yeah this one definitely a lot more in the mainstream obviously than the house is october built i think that one is perfect too just because you know it's not like a huge blockbuster thing but this one was yeah this one was giant and actually was was hugely successful i mean this movie won three oscars and nominated for a a fourth one as well so it's insanely successful it's become a pop culture staple at this point too now when you think dracula you think of either bella lugosi I mean, you, you think of the other guys, too, but at least, in my opinion, it's usually Bela Lugosi or Gary Oldman. Yeah. Right? So, very influential film, but I think it fits for the Halloween-October season just because of what uh, Francis Ford Cop- Coppola and his, his crew accomplished with building the sets, building the atmosphere, the fucking wolf and bat monsters are terrifying. I mean, come on. Oh, my God. The, when, he tra- when he was, like, when he transformed into that thing that i was like yo, in the is, asylum yeah i was like yo is he a vampire or is he a werewolf what the fuck is going on yeah so the, the first you one remember that, i told you about that after i saw it i texted yeah. you i was like yo what's up with the fucking werewolf like, <laughs> yeah i know the the f- first time where he does look more wolf-like when he's uh seducing lucy right yeah is great but then later in the sanitarium when he's seducing mina and the gang like uh collapses on him and like corners him and he turns into that fucking bat creature that's one of my favorite like moments in horror period because that thing is terrifying that scene is shot super well it's everything about that is just amazing my favorite thing like gary oldman was like able to portray like the the like i don't know what's it called the desperation of like getting blood Mm -hmm. as a vampire like when what's his face cut himself yeah that was like extremely unsettling for me in the beginning right keanu as yeah. Uh, yeah i know dude that that opening scene was well i guess it's not the opening scene but that first act with him and jonathan harker in the castle was just like peak and <laughs> carrie oldman yeah i'm really like pissed that he didn't even get uh, a nomination for his acting the only thing creepier 
then that is like the same the, the other variation of it in Nosferatu. Yeah. Those two like two of the creepiest moments in like movie history. Now, are, you, are you talking about the Nosferatu remake or Yeah, the remake. When he like pushes the chair aside. Yeah, and, that was fucking terrifying, yeah. bro. I can't believe that movie came out in 79. I know. I I was actually just watching that scene is crazy, but that's a whole other I was movie. Too. <laughs> but it, I got to rewatch it. But um this one though kind of similar moment where he like just picks the sword up and fucking swings the sword at him i was like oh shit yeah yeah. you know (laughs) that i mean that was super intense i mean just phenomenally acted the whole time uh the the only thing you can really say i think is is about keanu's performance yeah i was gonna say thank god they didn't pick him to be dracula (laughs) i am keanu dracula yeah i think maybe like modern day keanu could do maybe at least he has the look down a little bit more but uh no i'm glad they picked gary oldman but yeah keanu was he he did okay in some parts but other parts he was just like you know uh, drag you know like he's, yeah he's like way too like <laughs> surfer boyish yeah it's like he he took his bill, bill and ted, ted exactly bro yeah, and he was like i'm gonna slap a a british accent on this character basically yeah but apart from that great movie sets the mood so well pretty yeah, much it is, the entire it is film. super atmospheric and i think that's what people don't mm-hmm. really like really talk about with this movie but like it's very unsettling throughout the entire thing yeah it wasn't like nosferatu with like darkness in the castle okay now we're moving to the city and it's kind of creepy like no this movie maintained it's like mm-hmm. creepiness and it had action in it too which was like pretty cool so like it had yeah. every everything you'd want to see in like a hollywood horror movie exactly and you know you mentioned the action too which isn't everywhere there's a lot of you know these romance subplots too which just exist in dracula as a yeah as a canon you know vampires always have the little romance yeah aspect but it even did that really well because the way that gary oldman and winona ryder their like connection in the movie is great and dracula is seductive but he's still a monster and they portrayed that really well but i was gonna say i I like how the movie really just feels like an epic journey like i think we don't have enough horror movies that are like that but this movie goes from like you know continent to continent country to country throughout like the whole movie pretty much as we follow this what's really like a rivalry between van helsing and dracula but just the whole thing with Harker trying to save Mina and all that stuff. But yeah, it f- feels like this grand thing, which is super cool. I like movies that actually feel big, you know? Yeah. This is this is one of those. And like, not only does it have like... People don't really talk about it, I guess, because it's not like Hollywood. It has a huge following still to this day. But like, there's not that many like cult fans on Instagram. Like, oh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Sure, like, yeah. I, and I think it deserves it. I mean, Gary Oldman now, he he's like known more for like playing commissioner gordon and i think people forget that he was fucking count dracula mm-hmm. yeah the best count dracula i mean not <laughs> not arguable by the way i i you know i would agree with that but Bela lugosi was like the cartoony ish dracula yeah with like the cape and the blue but gary oldman is count dracula i think so I, th- I think he just he just plays that role so well and and he like had the the menacing power that dracula has and he was also suave and charming and just just stand-up performance all around but um everything about this movie to me is just great i mean the the, score the score is fucking amazing one of my favorite movies like recently discovered too Mm -hmm. like that phantasm halloween like yeah those are like my like top three so far i I think i don't know his name off the top of my head but the score for this was uh, i think actually composed by a polish guy oh yeah which is pretty cool yeah (laughs) but the score is awesome a lot of those um effects that you see with like dracula's eyes popping up in the background a lot of that stuff was actually made like by splicing together film and stuff it wasn't like cgi or digital effects it was like real fucking like filmmaking effects you know which makes it even more awesome that's but super impressive i mean that imagine would, nowadays how they would have gone about that yeah oh i'm sure they would have just popped it in digitally or something we need you know? a we need a good dracula remake yeah you know who would be an amazing dracula mm. willem dafoe <laughs> i know <laughs> he was no uh well count orlock yeah yeah but like to see him as like count dracula <laughs> or even like 
I think someone that could play it well is Joaquin, but... Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, they're just great actors all around, but I don't know. I don't know if anyone uh, will be able to match... They're going to be better than Gary Oldman, Oldman, but modernized. Like, I think we need a new, like, Count Dracula movie and, like, a newer, like, Frankenstein. We need to bring back, like, the classic... Yeah. The monsters everyone would see at the Halloween stores around Halloween time. And that's that's what this is about. That's why we included Dracula on this list. Mm -hmm. Dracula... Is one of your stereotypical goat Halloween monsters? Everyone, my first grade costume, I was Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what? I mean, you can't really want anything more out of Dracula. You got the big gothic castle, the spider webs. He's a vampire, which is yeah, a classic horror monster and Halloween monster. And this movie just like has all those elements and does them super super well because it's Coppola. It's it's big budget, but it's dark and serious. Exactly. And you can tell that it's made with love. You know, it's not like just a cheap adaptation. Oh, yeah, I think remake. they were trying to like maintain like as compared to the book. Like they were trying to like mm-hmm. like make it super super similar. Yeah, I, I just I just love the whole movie. The editing, the transitions. I mean, it's it's just there's so much vision and it's fully realized and. I can't really say much more. And it's scary. Yeah, you know? it is. I, not just for the time. Like I think it's still. You know, withstood the test of time because I watched it like a few months ago, mm-hmm. and like though it was a long movie, which let me make let me clear something: long and drawn out or like dragging are not the same thing. Right. Some movies need to be long, and this one was like perfectly long. Like I actually wanted it to be a little longer. I felt like sometimes the pacing and some scenes were like a little too quick in their transition from one scene to another. Right. I would love to have like more story because like I felt like. Like you said, this movie has that huge feel to it. Like, it's a big movie. It has a big movie feel. It's an adventure, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I felt like... I Dude, I'd be good with, like, another 30 minutes of it. Yeah. Like, they need to, like... I wish they had, like, a extended director's cut or something. Like, have some stuff that wasn't included in the book, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there are maybe some deleted scenes. I'd have to look. But I would agree. I think, really, the, the part that feels the quickest for me... I don't know if I want to say rushed, but maybe rushed... It's just that last part when they finally, when they drive Dracula out of the uh, asylum and they go after him. Then, like, from there to the remainder of the movie as a whole feels a bit like it goes really fast from scene to scene, you know. So, that would be, in my opinion, the thing to, to extend. Plus, it would make the final, like, battle just feel more, like, Like climactic. Yeah, and and complete, like, because, like. To have such, like, a long movie and then, like, to have so much stuff happen and then just sort of abruptly, like, finish, like, ahead of time. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, isn't he supposed to be just this, like, he's supposed to be, like, the main, like, I don't know, I guess antagonist, you could call him. But mm-hmm. find myself rooting for him just because, like, it's fucking Dracula. Yeah. But we'll call him the anti-hero, I guess. Like, because he's not <laughs> yeah. really evil. He has to drink blood to live. You know what I'm saying? So, like. Yeah. But he did it because he he cursed God and yeah, because his know. wife fucking right. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't just like, ha, I'm evil. Fuck you, God. Like, no, totally. Yeah, and it, it's a complicated character, and I think this movie because it's, that it's really easy well. to like empathize with him. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't know, man. I found myself rooting for him, like I usually do with like the villain if they're not like a child murderer, like yeah. some shit like that, or like a misogynistic killer, like in fucking. That one hospital movie. I yeah. It was, I don't know what the fuck it was called. Oh, yeah. I I don't remember. Like, I, I felt like we could empathize with this character, too, which mm. is what I thought was pretty sick, because, like, imagine, like, looking up to, like, a life a person who sucks the life force out of you. Yeah. I, it, it's just a cool character, and they made him really well. I'm, I'm curious to see, like, what other directions they take Dracula in. I mean, with, like, the Invisible Man coming out, I think if, if oh, that I succeeds... Yeah, we're gonna probably see another Dracula. Fuck movie it, I'll play Dracula. Out. Yeah, there you go. Just cast Samuel. Why not? Yeah. I'm pale. Yeah, I'm pretty ghost-like myself. Yeah. I don't think I could pull out Dracula, but uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, this movie. If you have two hours and you want a movie with monsters, that creepy atmosphere, that that very horror-centric score, and all that stuff, check out Bram Stoker's Dracula, and we're running a little bit low on time, but I do want to move on to our final two movies. I think we just touch upon these briefly, but the first is another one off of your list. Yes. Pumpkinhead. 
Yes, a classic Halloween time movie, just because of the word pumpkin. But <laughs> what does Halloween need? Ghouls, witches, warlocks, mm-hmm. werewolves, vampires, ghosts, and monsters. Exactly. And I watched The Unnameable a few days ago, honorable mention. And uh, so I had to pick a monster movie. Because I picked a Halloween-centered movie, which was House October Built. Now a classic Mm-hmm. monster movie probably the strongest monster in like the history of horror movies because you can't kill him unless you kill his summoner and that is pumpkin head yep keep away from pumpkin head unless you're tired of living his enemies are mostly dead he's mean and unforgiving bolted doors and windows barred guard dogs barking in the yard won't protect you in the bed nothing will from pumpkin head i, I did not remember that whole thing i'm surprised you remember i'm a huge fucking fan i I used to have nightmares when i was a kid that i'd be hiding in my basement for some reason and then the basement door would open and then pumpkin head would come walking down the basement steps oh man that would be fucking terrifying imagine you're just trapped in a basement with he probably wouldn't be able to maneuver (laughs) in the basement though probably not as much but like that that scene where uh he showed up in the doorway of that barn or whatever that shit was terrifying i mean the the monster himself is just fucking terrifying but and, and like how high he can jump oh my god like he can jump into like a two-story tree that shit is fucking terrifying yeah. he looks terrifying he's a revenge demon so he's not gonna stop coming after you until he gets revenge mm-hmm. and like i don't know bro the movie is super atmospheric it has that classic 80s like dark blue like you know lens and shit mm-hmm. or lighting i don't know what the fuck they used it's like super foggy and like it starts off in the daytime, but then, like, majority of the movie is, like, at nighttime. Yeah. It starts off with the father and his kid. His kid gets accidentally run over. So, in a minor overreaction, Lance Henriksen's character, Ed Harley, goes to a witch and says, Hey, they killed my boy. I mm-hmm. want them all dead. And Pumpkinhead proceeds to try to kill a group of teenagers. So, yeah, atmosphere, terrifying fucking monster. Mm-hmm. What else do you need? I mean, it wasn't, like yeah. someone else mentioned, it wasn't like this great fucking movie with a, this overlapping story and it has a lesson. It's like, no one wants that, okay? I don't give a fuck what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with horror fans. Like, a, a regular Haunted House movie comes out or a regular monster movie, sucked, brah. Yeah. But a movie comes out about, like, like some crazy dude and it has a whole bunch of metaphors and everyone's like, oh my God, that was so awesome. It's these hipsters that are just destroying fucking horror like don't get me wrong i like experimental artsy films but like if you make every fucking movie like a fucking avant-garde fucking movie you're ruining the fucking genre it's bro back in like tell me what's the difference why does why do all these old monster movies like the fucking wolfman have high ratings but nowadays a monster movie's released with better acting better fucking everything similar story Mm -hmm. oh look a monster because it didn't need to be more than that and now people are like, well, it's not a very smart movie. It's not innovative. Like, bro, I'm not sitting here like, huh, I want innovation. Bro, when I sit here fucking bored, I pop in Friday the 13th part five and watch people get chopped to bits. I'm not here yeah. for fucking anything genius. If I wanted genius, I'd watch fucking Shutter Island or fucking Clue or I'll watch some bullshit. I'm not here to be wowed. I'm here to like enjoy a movie's monster what it looks like, the kills, the atmosphere, mm. the music, the feeling. Like, I'm not here for, like, the fucking art house bullshit. Yeah. So, that said, I do think that Pumpkin has actually a, a unique premise. Yeah. And super unique monster and a scary monster. And I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean, I, I think it's good for Halloween because it has all those elements. Like, yeah, there's no central, like, Halloween theme. And even... The pumpkin patch. <laughs> There's the pumpkin patch and stuff, yeah, which is cool. But, you know, it's not, like, all in your face. But exactly. it's a dope monster movie. Atmospheric. is That's that, fun. That, good kills. That's what does it for me is, like, the good kills, the darkness throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. There's just enveloping darkness around everything and everyone. And that's what makes it a perfect, like, if you're actually trying to get scared, fucking put in pumpkin head and don't watch it with your lights on with ten yeah. friends. You sit in your room alone. You turn the lights off. No fucking nightlight. You fucking roll up a joint and then you watch Pumpkinhead and you tell me 
you you're not having heart palpitations because you're fucking either lying or you're just a fucking sociopath and you don't feel anything <laughs> there you go and i think this next movie because i do want to move on to the last one is also to be seen in that exact same scenario because i put this one on the list really also because it's just a scary movie no big halloween theme or anything like that but oh sure that don't matter yeah it doesn't matter but you know you want scares you want horror here you go so my last pick is wreck the original spanish version of course from 2007 directed by uh i'm not even gonna try to pronounce it one is paco plaza and jaume balaguero and uh i mean if you've seen this film you know it's it's a crazy movie it's just super action-packed um some people probably might not appreciate the very often shaky camera because it is another found footage movie but let's face it realistic film terrifying <laughs> at least in my opinion dude it especially the ending yeah it was bad enough they were stuck in like a in like a apartment filled with like zombies and like that one bitch that's right to like bolt at the cop and fucking mm-hmm. bite his ass like if that wasn't bad enough, then they go into the attic and there's just giant fucking humanoid zombie yeah. that apparently can't see. Well, I, yeah, I think it was completely dark in there anyway, and I think she's been she'd been like locked up in there for for a long time. What the fuck something. was that thing, bro? I think you learn in the second movie. Ah, I'll say that much. Okay, I only want to give any big. Spoilers I have the collection, also. but I've only watched the first wreck. Yeah, I've watched Quarantine, and like. Talk about a frame-by-frame frame remake. They literally remade the movie frame-by-frame, frame and they took out the best part, which was the ending. Yeah, it's and it somehow just was so much worse, like, not even really scary. The thing no, I, it wasn't. I, the thing that I love about Wreck is that there are jump scares in it, but they're done, Set like, up so well. effectively. You don't see them. No, That's not the thing. If you, if you have, like, all these movies, like The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2... Insidious Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see the jump scares coming. Yeah, because they set it up in the framing and everything. Yeah, and I don't like that. Yeah. I like when it's just like, turn around, bang, like out of yeah. nowhere. The guy falling. Yeah. I don't say exactly yeah. what, but that, that caught me off guard first. Yeah, that caught me off guard too. I fucking leaped, I'm not going to yeah. lie. A, a I, lot of the zombies. It's definitely one of my favorite zombie movies. I still have to watch Pool though. You do have to watch. That one's on my list, so you could probably check that out, that one out. Do you have it? Point. I don't own it. Because I do. I was, think, I was thinking about getting it. Because I do if you ever want to watch yeah. it again. That one's cool. Very unique concept. This one, I think, very unique. Not only in the concept, too, which is, which is always appreciated, but it was kind of like guerrilla style. You know, they didn't yeah. build any sets for it. They just kind of went to this apartment real apartment block and they just i shot think that's there, the best know? that's what makes it feel more like legit because mm-hmm. like you're not actually like ah but actually behind these cameras there's a set there's guys with lights there's guys with mics like you don't think that when you're watching this you're just yeah. like it's just really like raw found footage mm-hmm. what it really seems like and it pulls it off well uh there's not very much in character development apparently you're only supposed to give a shit about the two people the little yeah. girl though was fucking that was kind of like she was good that was pretty sick uh I kind of expected it to go the way it did with her. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hadn't seen it. But, like, when they're like, oh, she's kind of sick. You know, like, oh, yeah. no. Like, you knew what direction that was going. Yeah. No, she was great. Honestly, like, even though these were largely unknown actors, I mean, most of them had, like, no acting experience, which which I do like a lot of the time because, you know, again, this is supposed to be kind of uh, through the lens of, like, uh, a nightly TV kind of show or whatever like a live show so it has that feeling for sure because everybody acts like pretty naturally you know and actually the the lead actress is also apparently a real like television reporter oh really yeah which uh, so i guess she just got cast for this movie she shows up in some of the later movies but that's all i'll say about that but she is a real you'll see that's weird to think how this one ended (laughs) i know you'll see but no, Manuela Velasco is is a real uh, TV reporter apparently. So the whole thing is just very cool because it 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 doesn't like feel low budget necessarily. No, it just feels you but, know it doesn't really have to because it feels like it's an actual like right actual footage that somebody found. Right. So, yeah, and that's fuck that's production the whole point. quality. Like when I'm <laughs> watching a found footage, I don't want to see fucking oh the lighting is amazing. I want to mm. be like I can't see shit. I'm fucking terrified. Yeah, but you know, still very effective claustrophobic extreme setting. 
even even the camera feels claustrophobic as you're looking kind of through the lens and builds up tension super well practical effects makeup is awesome because you know and this this isn't really like a movie where you can afford to put in cgi and i don't mean afford money wise i just mean if you try to do anything like that it's just gonna ruin the whole effect yeah kind of like how like i don't know there was some questionable cgi in like grave encounters part two I agree. <laughs> yeah. That can ruin the whole movie. I mean, you could probably even argue the first one, but I think the first I, one is, is good. The first enough. one is good, yeah. yeah. I actually really enjoyed the first one. I second one I enjoyed too, but that one like kind of like, I don't know why it was just like more disturbing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because like the, some, a few people got bludgeoned. Yeah. No, I, I mean, depending on the kills, you know, but, but yeah, that movie, Wreck, those are definitely ones you should check out this season. And that, that's kind of all I want to say about that one. We're uh, running out of time here, guys. But let us know what you think about all these movies if you have seen them. Again, there's some like pretty well-known horror movies. But we think that these are some prime choices for your watch list uh, this month. And I hope that you guys enjoy them. So you can let us know what you thought about them by reaching out to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Grave Discussions, uh, or you can search Grave Disc SRD on Twitter, and then you can check out our website, gravediscussions.net, where we have all the shows, host bios, and much, much more. You can also find now the Cult Corner and Chopping Block segments on the website, too. So uh, that's going to do it for episode 79, Fiends. And I know we talked about Dracula. I just want to give an honorable mention to forgotten Halloween season movies, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah. I wanted to give that an honorable mention because I know everyone forgot about it. And it is festive. So yes. I like it. <laughs> so, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you check out these movies. I hope you enjoy listening to us week in and week out because next week is kind of like a benchmark episode. It is going to be our 80th episode. Mm-hmm. And what will we do with episode 80? I don't know. Barnabas doesn't know yet. We're going to juggle some flaming cats. We're going to throw javelins at at moving giant earthworms. <laughs> Sorry, I was just reaching into this hat and grabbing out random nouns and verbs. That's how we come up with these things, you know. But make sure you tune in next week for episode 80 of Grave. Discussion. <laughs>